0: Welcome to another edition of the Dementia Care Partner Talk Show. Now, here's dementia care expert Tifa Snow and your host, Greg Phelps. Hello and welcome to the Dementia Care Partners podcast series brought to you by Positive Approach to Care. I'm your host Greg Phelps and with us once again is Teepa Snow. Our topic for today is dementia in veterans and thank Mm. you to the person who wrote in with this topic. It's something we probably should have discussed before but Tipa isn't dementia dementia no matter who has it?
1: Well, yeah, now that's really interesting. It turns out each time a person gets dementia, it's highly dependent on the individual as to how the dementia will play out. Then we have all the different dementias. And then we also have other health conditions that could play into the development of their dementia. So PTSD, um, depression, anxiety, uh, health things that may be related to having lost a limb or having been in combat. Um, So it turns out there's lots of elements to this that make a difference.
0: So uh, once again, as I'm learning slowly, that there is no simple answer.
1: There is no simple answer other than don't make assumptions. That's my simple answer, which is don't make assumptions, get curious, and do some assessing before you move forward in anything. Now, this is
0: once I started thinking about it, reading the the question from our our listener, I I realized that this is a, a bigger problem than I had even imagined. The U.S. has so many vets, Canada has so many vets, other countries have so many vets, and some of them could be trauma induced. They could be early onset because of trauma. It, it it could be huge.
1: It is huge, and I think it's sort of one of those hidden conditions for many people. Um, what happens is we know that people who suffer concussive episodes, and we saw a lot of that during our, our Afghanistan, Iraq, uh, any kind of Middle Eastern, but actually, anytime that we have um, bombs exploding, things going off, shrapnel, we could have both uh, the impact of sound waves, um, you know, and compressive features, but then we can also have shrapnel, which is stuff entering the brain and causing problems. And we know that head injuries can have that momentary, I'm stunned, I actually have a concussion, but then I come back from it and everybody thinks, okay, well, they're back. Uh, And the problem is you have some of those and not everybody heals and recovers the same way. Um, And we put you in a combat situation where people are sneaking up on you, popping out on you. Um, You could be doing exactly the same thing. Landmines are a great example of that kind of phenomenon where you're fine until you're not. And so now how do you figure things out from there? And so we are seeing more young onset. We're also seeing vets from previous conflicts Um, older wars might be showing more symptoms, more signs. And that may have to do with this idea of depression and anxiety being causative factors, or maybe some of the nerve agents or things that people might have been exposed to, um, or other things.
0: In the old days, didn't we just used to say, oh, he's shell-shocked, he's like that?
1: Uh Yeah, it turns out that we've always had issues with people coming back from combat, particularly. But it's interesting. You don't even have to be in combat situations to feel this sense of distress. So what we're finding out is when we talk about veterans, historically, we've always talked about war veterans. But it turns out even in times when people in the military get asked to do things, and those things might be natural disaster management, like in Katrina during Katrina, during that horrible event, um, the National Guard and even the military were asked to come in and help out. And I mean, and they saw and did things and experienced things. Um, Our even our police force, our our sheriff's departments, people who were search and rescue, those kind of folks who I would consider at this point veterans, Um, whether it was formal military, or it was an operation that was militarized. In other words, you have to just get it done. Um, You have to master sort of emergency reaction skills. It turns out that there may be a price to that to be paid. And those folks, when they bond together, they formed links and connections that when you come back, they're missing. And but I need those, I, I need that sense of camaraderie, that relationship where I've lost people and I, I can't replace them, there's no replacement. Or I feel in dangerous situations when it's not actually a dangerous situation, PTSD. Um, it turns out that's so common among veterans um, and we really didn't realize and we are not really doing a really great job of assessing. I don't know about Canada, but I know in the States, it's still an issue and there's still so much stigma Um, That people take a risk and say, yeah, no, I'm fine. I can keep going. I'm good. Um, Long past they probably should. But, you know, the assessment of abilities, it's still mental health issues are seen as different than physical health issues. So can we flip
0: the topic around now and and talk Mm -hmm. about why this would be important for a care partner to know? (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. So if um, we think about dementia, one of the things we talk a lot about, Greg, is uh, when somebody is, um, they, they need routines, they need habits to operate. If I'm not getting what I need and I'm needing something that, that supports me more like I was in the military, I get real rigid, I get real inflexible, what do you think a care partner might need to know about helping me then?
0: Oh, there, there's so many topics. We could go off in so many different directions.
1: Yeah. yeah, and I think the biggest challenge is that we don't think of it that way. It's like, wow, they need a different setup than we have in the home. They need something that's more barracks-like. They need something that has a daily pattern to it. They, may need, they need routine. They may need the structure at Reverley and, and you know doing calisthenics, and, but then they may also resent that, but it may be essential to making the day run okay. And then we have someone who may be entering more of what we call that emerald state, where they get sort of turned around in time and place. And they may think they're in a dangerous situation or a risky situation as a care partner. uh, I'm in bed with my husband, and suddenly he goes, and he's trying to choke me. And it's like, whoa, what is going on here? Well, I touched him in the night when I rolled over, and his brain said, enemy soldier, or he may have Louis body. Um, And I'm not trying to create a situation where I'm making people be fearful, I'm trying to alert us and create awareness that it's not the person who's living with dementia's fault, and it's not the family member's fault. It's really, in my estimation, a lack of recognition of how risky this is to send family members and people living with dementia unrecognized into these life situations without creating some sense of support for people.
0: So, in a in a care home for veterans, it's probably not a good idea to show war movies on TV.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely not. It's also probably not a good idea to have <laughs> loud noises or surprises happening, balloons popping, um, things that we might not think much about. It might not be okay to come up from behind someone and put your hands on their shoulder and good morning it might be really risky to have the lights down low and quietly enter someone's room to see if they're awake and ready to get changed for incontinence. I mean, there's so many backing someone into a corner in a, in a bathroom to try to help them get their clothes off and you're just using the wall for support, but they may not view it that way.
0: As a, as a care partner, would it be helpful if I knew what branch of the service they were in and, and maybe their rank?
1: That might be incredibly helpful, because if I approach you, Greg, Sir, yes, sir, mm. as opposed to Mr. Phelps, it's Tpa, you know that might get a different reaction. It might be um Major Phelps, now, I may have increased your rank, I'm not sure you know, but <laughs> if. <laughs> But you know, if I use the appropriate address, I may get a behavior that you would expect um, from a superior, from someone who's in the military. So if I know those things, I may attention, soldier, uh, you know. But uh, you know, or sailor, you know, those are the kind of phrases that I may want to get my head around. Women's voices, I may need to be thoughtful. We have a lot of women in the military now. Um, but at the same time, for people who've been in previous wars, that would not have been the case. So we've got a whole bunch of new issues that we're, I suspect, going to be coping with. People, you you
0: have um, probably hundreds of different topics available on YouTube and through your website and everything else. Have you ever done a video specifically for this? I remember you were teaching yeah. in, uh, where was it, Yountville, just outside of yeah. Napa in California.
1: You know, it's interesting. I've done a lot of webinars. You know that, Greg? And now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know that we've ever recorded one of them um, because I used to work in VA. Uh, I did work in vet- with veterans and, and in veterans situation. We've actually done, I've done work at the national level, but I don't know that we've ever created a video specifically speaking to um, veterans care. And yet I have one of my... Uh, one of my early people that I did that did mentor work with me did. And her name is Heather McKay. And I know she created some some videos for veterans and families and staff. So maybe that's something we could sort of see if we can find and make it available when we when we do our podcast sharing. Um, because it may be something that might be helpful. Because I know Heather spent a good bit of time working with veterans homes.
0: Tipa, if, if people want just general information on dementia, that would be a good first step. But then uh, can you offer a, a consultancy? Can can they talk to somebody at, uh, at PAC and, and find out more information?
1: Yeah, we do free half-hour consults. They can also do more in-depth consults. We also have some things that we call challenging situations that get you to think outside the box, which can help you with puzzle pieces and putting the puzzle together. And I think sometimes... What we really need to do is step back and go, does having this person be a veteran, does that have potential impact? And it's like, oh, okay, well, let's add that into the mix. So if nothing else, acknowledging and recognizing that service to country and putting yourself at risk may create some special needs and special situations. And they probably will be challenging. So those are some things I could think of right away.
0: This may be a topic that we'll have to revisit sometime in the future
1: and maybe you're gonna put me to work again. I think you tend to do stuff like that for some reason, (laughs) but it's not a bad plan because people who've served deserve deserve good service. And I think, unfortunately, maybe we've been missing our mark as much as everyone else. Tifa, thank you very much. You're welcome, Greg. Thanks for bringing it to our attention or our listener did anyway. You've been listening to the
0: Dementia Care Partners podcast series brought to you by Positive Approach to Care. For more information on today's topic or any other information relating to dementia, go to teepasnow.com.